Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How is everyone tonight? I hope you said good, because we got a great show lined up. Wow, I'm really excited about tonight. I've been thinking about tonight for a while. Um, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. And I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. You can find us at www.californiahaunts.org or californiahauntsradio.com. That's the website. Anyway, my team um, is 45 strong up and down the state of California which means we're in almost every county. So if you think you have a paranormal issue going on, we can get to you. Okay? So, yeah. Anyway, I want to announce a special event. Tomorrow night, Meeting Nancy Maths is going to be doing a special event. And it's going to be over here on StreamYard. Uh, it's for five people only. And it's going to be interesting. If you think you might have psychic abilities, this is the event for you. Because Nancy's going to, Nancy's going to hold Nancy's going to look into that for you, okay? This is a way for you to learn how to contact those that have passed on. Yeah. So we're going to, she's going to be doing that tomorrow night. But that's at 7.35 after this show ends tomorrow, okay? The way to find out about that is you go to California Haunts Meetup. It's nothing to join the meetup. I don't spam people to death with it. It's just, it's just that's, that's where all our informational stuff is, Okay. Or you can go to Facebook and, and visit California Haunts Ghostly Events and the link to the meetups over there to join up, okay? But uh, there's only five spots for that tomorrow night, so do um, do, do sign up early because it's going to fill up, all right? But this is your chance to see how psychic you really are, okay? So join us tomorrow night. Nancy and I are going to be there, okay? All right. Anyway, my guest tonight... Um, Preston Dennett, he's been on before, and he has incredible, um, UFO, UFO alien encounters to talk about, but, the other guest, Dolly Safford, I hope I said her last name right, she's on tonight, and she has an incredible story to tell. Her contact with UFOs and aliens started when she was 14 years old. And, has, and they have lasted all her life. So I am really excited to have these two on. So let me get them in so we can get rolling because she because we we have a full a full a full packed hour. Here we go. Hello, Preston. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? I'm doing well. Quite warm, but I'm doing well. Oh, hot too. I mean, it's, it's like 95 today, but still, in here, it just, it's too hot in here for me to handle. Dolly, <laughs> we finally meet. Hi, how are you? Good, I'm good, I'm good. That's great. Hey, Preston, where, where are you located these days? I am in Reseda. We also pronounce it residue, actually. Residue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right outside of LA, and it's summer has started with a vengeance. You know what, Sacramento too. Sacramento, Sacramento might as well be Arizona the way it goes here, man. 
Um, every time I think of Reseda, you know what I think of as the Karate Kid. <laughs> That's what comes to mind. <laughs> and Dolly, where are you from? Um, uh, originally from, uh, I was born near Fort Benning, Georgia, but I lived in uh, Miami, Florida most of my life until cool. I got to be an adult, and then I've traveled a lot. Awesome. You have a really neat story to tell. Preston, of course, wrote the book. I've read parts of it. Oh, my gosh. It's just eye-popping. And, um, you know, one of my favorite UFO encounters is um, the, the, the Mojave incident. That's one of my favorites because that was so graphic, you know, about what those people went through and everything. But you, I mean, you, your stuff just to totally trumps that. Hope not. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping there are other people like me out there. Actually, I want to hear from them. <laughs> so, Preston, tell me how you how you met Dolly and how will this started transpire. Uh, we met in outer space in a weird kind of way. Actually, <laughs> um, I'm I'm only being half facetious there. Really, uh, she she reached out to me in 2016 over the internet. And we began corresponding. She said she's had some experiences and was looking for someone to talk to, to maybe write about her experiences. Uh, she was a little bit cagey at first, a little bit wary, which I'm used to. I understand, you know, it's difficult, you know, talking about this stuff if you're an experiencer. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I talked, as we talked more, uh, I realized more and more that, wow, Dolly's story is a big one. And in fact, I finally figured out after about a year that it was easily the most extensive story I've ever had the opportunity to investigate, extensive you know, set of experiences. Uh, so yeah, she reached out to me. And what's really interesting about this is that she was looking for a researcher. She had decided to go public. She's a fully conscious contactee, which we'll get into, I'm sure. But by that, I mean, you know, she doesn't need hypnosis. She's not fearful of her encounters. She's had a, a full-on relationship with ETs, you know, living among them for long periods of time, you know, hours, days, weeks even, and uh, decided to go public. And they, they, she talked about it with the ETs. And they're like, okay, you know what you're getting into, do you? And she's like, well, I'm not sure, but I really think it's important because, you know, the whole UFO contact experience is being misrepresented in the media mm -hmm. so they said yeah go ahead you'll find a researcher uh but she couldn't she couldn't find a good one <laughs> and i can boy i can sympathize with that because i am pretty disappointed with a lot of the researchers out there with their own agendas and their fear-based viewpoints mm -hmm. uh, so she went back to them and said you know what <laughs> it's not easy I, I don't i'm not finding anybody and they said well here's a guy his name is Preston. <laughs> He's on YouTube. His last name is Dennett. And uh, so, yeah, I was basically referred by the Greys, the Gray extraterrestrials. Knew about me, knew about my research. I'm like, wow. When Dolly told me that, which you know took her a while, she didn't tell me that initially. But, but so, yeah, the Greys know about me, and that's how we met. Wow. Yeah, I uh, went to YouTube. They directed me to find him on YouTube, and I found his videos, and I found the very first one he ever put up, and it was on healing, and I listened to it, and uh, I was impressed. 
I said, okay, this is it. They're right, you know? And I emailed him and he emailed me back less than 24 hours later. And that was six years ago. So, yep. And you ended up writing your book too. That's really cool. Yeah, he did. That is really cool. <laughs> so these, these things started to happen when you were 14, correct? No, um, uh, I was, I'm a born, uh, a generational contactee. Okay. My father was one also, and his father probably, or a mother before him, on and on. Um, I remember my first experience was when I was about 10 months old. I was in my crib, supposed to be taking a nap, and I started levitating out of my crib, and uh, that that impressed the hell out of me. And uh, I tried to flip over and go back down, and my memory ends there. It was very traumatic, you know. I remembered that much. And uh, my parents told me it was a funny thing. Everybody used to laugh at me because I slept with my feet between the bars of the crib after that. I wasn't going anywhere ever again. <laughs> it's determined. And I've had on again, off again memories until I was 14. I thought I was going nuts. Mm -hmm. My mother didn't like what was happening. I'm psychic, telekinetic, you name it, and driving them all nuts. And I decided that either I'm crazy or I'm not. And I went on a campaign with myself to figure it out when I was 14. And I finally had my chance and it happened. It was a big day. Um, I was uh, outside. Uh, I had my telescope up. I was taking astronomy lessons. It was a school night. It's one o'clock in the morning, and my dad's like, go to bed. <laughs> so I did and um, packed down, got jammies on, and I only sleep two hours a day. I don't sleep much. Mm -hmm. And uh, I decided to look out the window the rest of the night because Orion was up. It was a beautiful, clear night. And I was like, ooh, I got some stargazing to do. And um, I started to see way more lights than what should have been up there and realized, oh my God, here it comes. And there were a lot of them. There were more than, there was about a hundred of them. They paired off into twos. Some went east, west, north, and south. Um, two came over my area and uh, one went toward Dadeland Mall, which is in Kendall. And the other one came down over where we were out in the glades and it came down over my backyard. Um, I was memorizing what was happening. I knew that my only chance of knowing what was going on was to really put my effort into staying conscious throughout the experience. Um, I saw it come down. I saw the craft get really close to my room. Uh, it was making the tree whip around. There was no wind, but it was whipping it around. And um, I was memorizing the craft. I look up at the two ports at the top and I see a being in each port. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's that flipped me out. Okay. They were looking at me and uh, I turned to go dive down to go into my bed. It frightened me at first. And before I made it down, I froze. The room exploded in blue white light. And uh, that's my last memory of that. And I woke up on the floor hours and hours later, somebody else's jammies on me inside out and backwards. And I was mad. I was crying. I thought, Oh my God, here it comes. I'm crazy. And then I realized I don't have all my jammies something happened. Okay. Wow. I want to talk about it. I get on uh, my mom's in the kitchen cooking breakfast. I took a bath for the day, you know, got my clothes on for school, went out in the kitchen and she's cooking breakfast for my dad. And uh, Paul Harvey's on the radio and she says, make coffee. I'm like, okay, I make coffee. And I thought, okay, I did a good deed. Let's see if she'll talk to me. And uh, I said, mom, did you see anything last night? <laughs> Lights, sounds, anything. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, like a UFO. Well, she whirled on me. She hates the subject. And she pointed her finger at me and she said, no, shut up. Oh. I was mad. 
I was sitting there stewing, trying to figure out another way to talk to her again. And the radio came, uh, the announcer came on uh, for the news. And he said, two UFO dayland, two dayland officers saw UFOs in the skies last night. And I was like, holy crud, okay? I, th- I was like, oh my God, this is like confirmation, okay? You can't deny it. I'm talking about it to her. Before they said that, I'm right, okay? I knew I was right. And I started jumping up and down. I was, I was like really going over the top of my shilling. She said, get out of the kitchen now. You're dreaming. My dad met me on the, in the, you know, just as you go out the door into the hall. He said, you need to calm down. You're over the top. Stop, you know, calm down. And uh, I was like, I went in the bathroom. I'm very desperate. I'm physically becoming violently ill at this point. I've got a headache. And I sat down on the floor, turned the light out, locked the door. And I went back over it in my head, you know, every second of it, just looking at it critically and telling myself, you got to remember, you can remember this, you know, and seeing it in my mind's eye. Um, I got to the point where the light hit and, oh, my God, it exploded on me all at once. I realized, oh, my God, I know what happened. Um, An energy ribbon came down into my room in that light. And those two beings came down. One of them took me by the hand. I was frozen. He walked me to the ribbon, put my hand on the ribbon, and the room became white light to me. I could see things through the light, but it was opaque, you know, and I changed somehow. And we went up. And we went up through the ceiling, we went out through a tree up to the craft. And I started to get worried because it didn't go into the craft, it went up alongside it. I was like, how the heck is this gonna happen? And he shoved me feet first into that hatchway, that doorway. And I went in and landed on my bum. And I realized, oh my God, you know, I'm in. And uh, I realized that there was a woman sitting to my left. And I looked up at her and I was like, hey, and she said, she said my name, you know, Dolly. And I realized, oh, my God, I know who you are. You know, that was unbelievably weird. And uh, I'd seen her when I was five. I was remembering her. Uh, she was a, she's a tall gray. Her name is Mama. I call her Mama. She's about six foot two. And I was, I, I was so overwhelmed and so freaked out that I peeked on myself. I threw up. Mm. <laughs> uh that was embarrassing to say the least. And I was really freaking out. Uh, it was just messy. Uh, they came, the two grays came back and they brought stuff to wipe me up and take me to be cleaned up. And they gave me fresh clothes. They decontaminated me. Uh, I was started shaking at that point. I mean, I was just, my whole body was just, you know, I was in shock and, mm-hmm. uh, they were trying to help me come out of it. And they decided to walk me around the craft, you know, to show me everything, let me ground to it. Cause I knew where I was. I mean, I suddenly, I was awake. I knew. And they took me everywhere, all over the craft, touching things, talking about it. And they took me to where I, I had a, like a little quarters in there, like a place where I stayed. And uh, I found my brush. I was missing a brush for a long time. And there it was. And I picked it up and I was like, oh my God, that's my brush. And um, he brought me back. They gave me something to drink. That kind of helped me calm down. And I sat down with Mama, and she's like, hold my hand calmly, trying to calm me down. And I hear this voice, and it's this guy saying, hey, hey, kiddo, you okay? And I realized, oh, my God, I know who that is. And it was the craft itself talking to me. Um, his name is Talata. 
Um, he's a fifth dimensional, interdimensional being. He's non-corporeal and he indwells that craft. He runs it. And um, I was like, holy cow, you know? Well, I was so wiggy because at that point, I knew I was awake and I wanted to be awake. But the experience of it is just overwhelming. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, it happened, you know? Um, he started talking to me, you know, about what I was going to do with my life. He said, you're of an age, you know, you have to think about this. By that time, I was already candy striping. I wanted to be a marine biologist, a nurse. I wanted to be a zoa. I mean, I didn't, I was all over the place. And um, he said, uh, tell me, what in your heart do you really want to do the most? What's the one thing that you could do that you'd want to do, you know, to work with us? And I opened my big mouth and I said, fly. <laughs> I didn't know if I could do it or not. I just said, fly, I want to fly. And uh, had nothing to do with anything I was doing. I want to fly. And it's basically because my dad, you know, was military, worked for NASA. I've been around planes, jets, airplanes, you name it, all my whole life. And I thought, this is my chance, you know. He said yes. And I was like, oh, my God. And they talked to me about what that entailed. It was a big deal. Um, he said that I'm not just going to go and take lessons and learn how to fly. I'm going to have to be checked out to see if I could do it. Um, my mental abilities, my psychic ability, all of it. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, if I passed all that with them, then they would put me into train. And uh, I did pass. It took about six months to clear me completely for it. And I started training and the training was four years long. Uh, when I was 19 years old, um, after right after my birthday, I took my first flight. I flew. So... What did flying entail? Is it, if, if it took that long to train, you know, what was it like to fly? ET craft are flown psychically. They're, I don't want to call it technology because it goes beyond that. It's, it's beyond what you could understand, but they fly, they fly psychically. Every, everything on that craft is uh, manipulated by a psychic being who can manipulate anything with his mind. And a pilot has to be a psychic also and has to be able to have a memory that um, I always know where I'm going when you learn to fly they teach you where all the points are where you could go and if you're learning a new place to go they take you out first take you there bring you back so that you always know where it is um, I I have it all up I remember everything okay um, when we get in to start up they have engines that are nuclear and they have batteries as well Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a type of nuclear that uh, uses itself out. It, the uh, fuel for it wears itself out. In other words, there's no uh, leftovers from it. There's no, you know, junk leftover. It totally burns itself up. Mm -hmm. it, it is so powerful, it produces what they call a graviton wave. And the graviton waves are cycled into these emitters that create a field around the craft and another field around that. And uh, Talata the entity who dwells that craft uh, does most of the uh, hard work by calculating what the, it's doing. It watches the outside. He, um, he may, he'll like, if I call for a, a bigger part of speed or a turn, he's right there with me and he's maneuvering with me. I'm mostly responsible for knowing where we're going, opening a light gate. If it's interdimensional travel 
And then when we're in a solar system, I can navigate it myself. I don't need him to help me with that. If I was to pass out or something happened to me, he could definitely fly it without me. It's just better to have the two of us working in tandem, especially with the uh, interdimensional travel. Um, I hope that answers your question. That is, that is fascinating. Absolutely yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of contactees, and many of them have told me, well, you know, I felt like the craft itself was alive. And I always kind of wondered about that because uh, I've heard it enough times, but I never could get much more information about it. And uh, this is one of the things I really love about Dolly's story. She's able to dive deep and explain things uh, because she's you know, not recalling this through hypnosis. She's not afraid. <laughs> she asks questions. And uh, this really clarified things for me. And came clear to me the more I talked with Dolly and going back over my own cases, this is the norm. All these craft are indwelled yes. or flown psychically because pe other people have told me, yeah, they sat me down in the seat. They taught me how to fly the craft and I hooked up mentally with it. And this also explains why, you know, the crash retrieval accounts, uh, mm -hmm. which are quite popular in the UFO literature. And we're trying to reverse engineer all this stuff. And some of these whistleblowers talk about going inside these craft and they're like, well, there's not much in there. <laughs> you know, there's no real steering wheel. I don't know how we're supposed to fly these things. Uh, where's the power source? It's because it's all, you know, like Dolly says, it's, it's a, I'm not even sure how to, a spiritual technology. <laughs> well, um, go ahead. When you talk about traveling interdimensionally, what type of speeds are we talking about? Um, it's not really speed. It's only speed when we're in, in the, in like a dimension, like the third dimension here, mm -hmm. everything's gravity heavy here. There's a timeline here. Uh, everything is about how fast you can go to get someplace. You actually physically have to travel in real time on a timeline. Uh, so it requires speed. Okay. Um, but outside that timeline, outside this dimension going up farther in there are 12 dimensions in our space. Sure. Okay. Uh, you, it's not really any time at all. You open what they call a light gate. Everything is light. Everything. We're, we're light. We're just densely packed light. Okay. Our consciousness is light. You're, because you have a physical body that you're indwelling right now, and you are, uh, you see things differently. But once you go outside of space-time into another dimension, it's all light. Um, your psychic ability, you, you're psychic, I'm psychic, everybody's psychic. You have a pineal gland in your head and you know that and uh it's uh, largely constructed like your eyeball it's made of the same stuff it looks like an eyeball in your head only it doesn't have a lens but it's able to transmit and receive and it uses the same uh waves as the, what you're thinking in you think in alpha beta theta ga gamma delta okay and it can transmit in those um everybody transmits when they're speaking psychically like that um it is, um, I think about it. In other words, I'm using energy that's mm -hmm. an electromagnetic ball, okay, that I I put my consciousness into with a lot of, and I gather energy, psychic energy, and I, poof, I open a gate. And inside that gate, I have coordinates already in my head. I already see myself there. I've already projected forward into it. And when we go through the gate, that's exactly where we go, where I have it in my head to go. It's all psychic. Okay. Um, like when you remote view, 
when your mind goes somewhere else, you're already there. You realize that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm doing the same thing when I open a light gate and I go through. I'm already there. I just follow my mind to go to it. It kind of reminds me of the stories that I hear about heaven, you know, where people, you know, the, the, the thought of that is that, okay, if, if you want to be someplace, just think that you're there and you'll be there. Correct. That's what it reminds me of. Right. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I want to drive one of those. <laughs> I have a blast. <laughs> If you're ever a contactee, and you probably are, I uh, just say, I want to fly. You yeah, get to fly. Would, that would be something. So uh, you got back from this trip, and uh, and they kept coming back for you, right? Yes. Um, I went probably two or three times a week after that, and I'd be gone um, because I'm leaving the timeline. You know, if I'm going out in, interdimensionally, um, I'm not, I'm not, I can go out for hours, days, weeks, or a month even, and then they can bring me back within a certain amount of time after I left. So there's no lag in me being here, but I'm out there. Yeah. Because time is different there than it is here. Right. It's no time at all. Right. Right, right, right. So what types of aliens have you been in contact with? Because I know it's, it's been more than the grays, right? Yes. Um, well, there's different ethnicities of grays. Uh, there's little AI grays. They're not really, bi they're biological, but they can't reproduce. They're not uh, alive as we know what alive is. They're, they have uh, artificial intelligence. They can learn. They can teach themselves at some points, but you can switch them off. And they're mostly the workers for everybody because space is dangerous. Gamma radiation hurts you, and they're the workforce out in space for everybody. Um, uh, then they're the little... Little, they look like almost troll size grays, and they're kind of bluish skinned, blue gray. And uh, Preston's sister in law, Kisara, she's an artist. Uh, she had drawn him, she had seen them, and she drew a picture of him, the gray that I saw, and uh, gave it to him. It's in one of her books or one of Preston's books. And he showed it to me. I was like, oh my God, she got it just right. She actually drew him perfect, you know, total recall on her part. Um, then there's another type of gray. They're about five feet tall, give or take. They have three fingers and they use a prosthesis when they're manipulating things. Mm -hmm. And then there's the tall grays and they don't have five fingers like us. They have four and they have really long slender hands. They're, you know, pretty cool. And they're long lived. Um, I've seen Anunnaki actually. Um, they're pretty big guys. They have wings. Um, not like angels wings. They're like, um, they almost look like dragon filings that are crossed this way. They cross their back like this and they're very dense and it's almost like a feather, but not quite. And I got to touch them once I was on a mothership traveling somewhere and there were a couple there and I was staring at him and he saw me looking at his back and he went like this. He went, come on, go ahead. I was just a little kid. And <laughs> I ran up to him and I was like, pet, pet, pet. I just, I kept looking at it at the structure of them. I wanted to see how they were attached to his back. He has giant muscles back there, and they're part of that musculature. And when he does this, they flap. And uh, I found out that they're on a, a, a lighter gravity planet, naturally, from where they're from, and they fly quite well. Earth is very gravity heavy now, and they don't have an easy time here with that. Um, I've seen, uh, I saw a mantid once. That was pretty cool. He's about eight feet, maybe 10 feet tall. Um, it was brief, you know. Um, I've seen, uh, sorry, I have allergies. 
um, I've seen uh, creatures that look like uh, uh, raw. They're kind of bird-like. They're more birded than we are, but they're bipedal. They have hands and feet. They walk around, but they're more bird-like. I've seen uh, ETs that look like uh, Horus, Egyptian Horus, like a dog man creature. Uh, they are huge, uh, very big, long face, uh, very stern, uh, don't talk a lot. <laughs> I've seen uh, the, um, I guess the Vedic, you know, they're kind of bluish. Some people here call them, there's some confusion here about this. Some people want to call them Pleiadians, and mm -hmm. but they're Vedic to me, okay? They're from the Vedic, you know, the Vishnu, you know, and those times. And they're alive and they're around. And, um, oh, I've seen, I saw once I saw a, a, a reptilian on earth, uh, was out in the Everglades, uh, digging up Indian burial mounds out in the glades. And I was getting ready to break camp and go back home. I was taking everything down and I felt him over my right shoulder standing back there. And I turned, I didn't know what I was about to face. And it was a big old guy, reptilian guy. And then I, the only thing he had on his mind was lunch. And I realized me, and I bolted, I ran, poof, I ran right off the top of that mound into the water, had to go to get my canoe, which was on the other mound opposite, through sawgrass, everything. And I just kept battling. I didn't even get in it. I just pushed and then come back for a month. And I, I was terrified when I did. I don't want to meet up with another one ever again. Um, that's pretty much what I've seen. I've seen Owen, uh, the Nordic, tall white, uh, you know. And, and some that look and, like cats. And glowing light beings as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, these are, I think they're one a step up above uh, the grays in evolution. In other words, they are truly interdimensional beings. The grays live in the third dimension with us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the Anunnaki and the Tolway, uh, most of them. Uh, but these beings are able to travel without any aid from anybody through the dimensions and they actually transform somehow and they look like angels. They're pure light, and, but they do have a bodily form. They mm -hmm. can come into your view or not into your view. And I think a lot of humans mistake them for angels. No, that would make sense. And well, my question is this, is that do you feel you have some kind of tracking device in your body, I mean, because because they, they they keep coming. You, you know what I mean? They keep not only do they come, but but like you say, you're you're running into reptilians and and, and the mantis type. So you think that there's some kind of tracking device in your body that attracts them? Well, I do have a I do have a implant. I have a couple of them. I have one up in my sinus. My first one was in my left ear, but it I took it out. Um, and I have another one in my upper right thigh, and then I have one in my hand that I fly with. It's for my, my use on, I don't know if you can see it or not, it's right here. And uh, it was put in my hand. It, it, it initializes this ball. You know, in Egyptian hieroglyphs and other ancient peoples, you see the guy walking around with the purse? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, he's a pilot. And in that purse is that interdimensional ball. And it's real small when it's not working. But once you initialize it, it gets really big. It's, it swells up. And you can see light swirling in it and it becomes electromagnetic and it, it can, it, it's uh, weightless. And uh, yeah, that's what they fly with. That's one of my, that's what I fly with when I go interdimensional. 
So that's fascinating. Now, what about experimentation? Have they done any experiments on you? No, they don't do that. No, they don't do it to anybody. A lot of people misunderstand what's going on. Okay. Uh, for the last 100 years, 80 years specifically, our magnetosphere has been going down. And that means we're, we've lost 40% of the field strength of our magnetosphere, which protects us from incoming gamma radiation. Mm-hmm. And if you've noticed that we have more heart problems, more mental illness, more autoimmune disorders, you know, more of everything, diabetes, you name it, we got it. That's because our DNA is breaking down. They are not experimenting on us. They're holding us up. They are helping us to maintain our DNA so that um, we can travel with them eventually. Um, People say, oh, they took my DNA. Yep, you bet they did. Um, Everybody seems to be in fear here. You know, we're taught to fear everything. We're paranoid. We like horror. You know, it's like everybody's been trained here to not accept anything that they don't understand and not to be curious about it. Not really. Okay. And that puts fear in you. And like, I'm also a nurse and I've had many patients come in and they're terrified of me. They're terrified about what's about to happen to them. They don't know. And uh, I get attacked (laughs) regularly. Okay. That's what's happening with them. You know, This, this is a huge problem in this field. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people and many of them have fear and I totally understand it. It can be scary. And it often is. Uh, this is, again, like Dolly says, we kind of have a tendency to live in fear. Mm-hmm. And it took me, you know, a year or two. You know, I got involved in this, fear, in this field and I thought, this is not good. I'm not happy about this. And I really had to step back and look at what was actually happening. And almost immediately, I got a healing case. A lady was healed of a cyst. And she herself was a healer and very psychic. And I started to see these patterns. And so I stepped back and I really kind of looked at these cases objectively and I realized, well, wait a second here. (laughs) Yeah, it's scary being taken on a craft and physically examined. And that's the scariest part. Pretty much hands down, this is where people start to lose their minds and turn away from it and say, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. But but those who move past their fear start to get to the good stuff. And when someone doesn't, they think, well, this is bad for me. This is evil. I don't want to remember it. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but what actually happens when someone's taken on board is you are perhaps examined, often healed. Pretty much every major researcher out there has healing cases, and they're not talking about them because fear sells. Mm-hmm. And he- healing cases are often considered to be fringy, perhaps, or certainly were. Uh, but... No, John Mack has them, Bud Hopkins, David Jacobs, Barbara Lamb, Edith Fiore, uh, Philip Mantle, Yvonne Smith. I could go on. Mm-hmm. And beyond being physically examined, this is when it's so cool. And I have account after account after account of this. This is what I've really specialized in my research is, you know, first-hand contact e-cases. People are taken to the, you know, control room, sat in the pilot seat. Here's mm-hmm. how you fly the craft which is all of what Dolly's about, but they'll take you to the observation deck and mm-hmm. the craft will become entirely transparent. And they'll show you, like, look, there's the moon. Look down below, do you see Earth? Look, would you like to see Saturn? We will take you there. I've got case of, you know, that happened to Dolly. I've got several cases of that. They will take you to the engine room. Like, here's how we fly our craft. We use, you know, it's usually along the lines of what we would think of as anti-gravity or electromagnetics. It goes way over most people's heads. 
Right. That, that was what was so fun about Dolly. She's like, let me break it down for you. <laughs> uh, which, which is basically just harnessing Earth's magnetic field lines. Right. Well, so, we don't harness them. We, we surf them. We skiff them. In other words, it's like a giant ocean of electromagnetic energy everywhere. Okay. And we, we use the craft, the fields on the craft, to skip along it, you know, to surf it. That's it kind of reminds me of the whole thing with uh, Star Trek when they um, slingshot around the sun. Yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah. To, yeah. to bang around to get back to Earth. Yeah. It's kind of true. This is really interesting to me. I've never heard an account quite like Dolly's. Now, going back to what Preston was saying, I agree with you because I know I've talked to Barbara Lamb and she's talked about um, the children, you know, where they have the playrooms and, they, and, they, and they're doing crayons and they're doing stuff and there's no no harm really coming to these children. Right. So it makes a lot of sense. And I could see that. I mean, you're scared to death. You get on this ship and then you come down and then, you know, word of mouth gets twisted and all this and all this and the fear mongering starts and all this yeah. stuff. But that makes a lot of sense. It makes yeah, a lot of sense. So how kind of put it down too. I mean, there've been lots of UFO contactees for millennia. Okay. And mm -hmm. it just seems like in the last hundred years, it's don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, you're crazy if you're having contact. I mean, out of nowhere, this particular iteration, you know, these generations that we're in are been pushed away from talking about it. Oh, mm -hmm. something's wrong with you. We're going to fire you for that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I got into CE5 simply because it was a place where people could come together and talk about it without being harassed mm -hmm. and initiate contact and learn about what was going on and, you know, come together it's more and more and more lately people know that they're real now uh and i want to i hope to see more of that i really really do they want to see more of that they want us all to wake up now has it been the same group of aliens that has come to get you each time throughout your yes. life yes okay. um talata is my is my um ride i guess you could call them and uh mama has been with me most of my life uh she does not she's not there every single time but she comes back and forth with me you know it just depends on what i'm doing but i'm totally independent with talata now he is i ride with him this is my ride and uh uh others do fly my craft but I'm, I'm his main you know driver um there are many 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 drivers and there are a lot of humans who are drivers just so you know, I'm not the only one. I mean, I'm not unique at all. I was kind of hoping I'd find out more about uh, more more people would come forward like I have, but uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm real feisty, and it's really hard to pin me down. You know, you can't grab me and take me, or you know, the government has tried to take me a couple times. Um, they watch me all the time. Uh, I'm least likely to shut my mouth and not talk. They might not feel the same way I do about it. You know. I was warned about that. So, but I would love to hear from them. I really would. I'm making a plea. You know, come on. <laughs> now is now. Let's go. How, how so, frequently do you go? Um, well, in the last year and a half, I am not going at all. I am here for a reason. They're not here right now. They can't be. Our magnetosphere is far, so far down now that it's unflyable for them. They crash too much. They can't keep ticking. And we have too many things coming at us, and it would hurt them as bad or worse than us. Mm -hmm. So they've left their drones. Their drones are flying. They have sentinels. You can call a drone if you want to. If you're a CE5 group, you can get an ET drone to come. Um, they're very specific looking. I have them up on my website, on my YouTube. Um, but no, they're not here. 
Uh, before that, I went all the time. I'm in my adult life. I was probably up every other day or every day, just depending on how I felt about it. You know, uh, I still have to live my life here. I still have karma here, and uh, so I've been trying to live, you know, duality, I guess. And uh, but yeah, I'm almost every other day or every day. Just depends. Well, you hear, you know, so many stories of people that go and they don't have the memory of this. How how are you able to, or how did they allow you to retain all this information? And then the they didn't. I did it. I am not afraid. I have no fear whatsoever. They're real to me. They're people to me. I understand who they are. Um, I've been taught by them. I've spent my lifetime realizing the truth. You know, I. it, it's uh, one of their greatest wishes for the rest of this planet is for us all to have the same ability that I do to see them, hear them, and talk to them. But mm-hmm. you got to drop your fear. You got to heal yourself from that. Okay. Um, you've got to learn to practice your uh, psychic abilities. I loved hearing that you do that. Okay. That's fantastic. Um, practice, practice, practice. Because the more you open up and become aware, you'll start mm-hmm. hearing them. They will physically, you know, come to you. Uh, in a way that they can now it's like they'll remote view you they'll OBE you you know they'll they can psychically you know talk to you that kind of thing if you see orbs that could be them you know coming around you to talk to you so it doesn't have to be exactly physical right now they have other ways of talking but yeah so this is something I've been toying with for a while because after reading the um, Mojave incident and seeing what they went through afterwards as a ghost hunter, a lot of what they went through afterwards is what I investigate when I'm out in the field. And so it's made me question whether we're actually investigating ghosts or we're investigating the aliens. Well, that's another reason to wake up psychically because you can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. I see I see spirits all the time. I'm wide open psychic and I know the difference. I know a corporeal being is opposed to a non-corporeal being. There is a way to see that psychically. There's no mistaking it for me, okay? Energy is energy, and it presents a certain way when you're corporeal, and it presents another way when you're non-corporeal. You know, even interdimensional, I can tell when an interdimensional being is with me. There's three different ways to see people. ET Mm -hmm. is as physical as we are. They have consciousness like we are, and when they expire, when they pass away, they go to the same place as us. They are us. We are them. We're all one, Okay. Everything that's corporeal and has a mind and consciousness, we're all the same thing. We all have DNA. Our DNA is exactly the same all the way through the universe, okay? Universe is just a construct, a template for us to come to in the third dimension to learn, okay? So develop your abilities. When you see a ghost, sometimes you see echoes. Uh, The universe is a, a unique ability to every cell of everything, all the way down, proton, mu, and all of it, can record energy, okay? And if and it and it transmits itself clean across, you know, two particles. Einstein was right. Attraction from at a distance. You can you can do that. I can talk to Chilada clean across the galaxy mentally. Okay, but you have to be able to use it to do it. That's why you need to practice this. Okay. How far across the galaxy have you gone? Have you gone to their home planet? Uh, yes, I've uh, been to many different planets to, to, uh, and a couple of different galaxies. The ET lives in our galaxy. We're all from the same galaxy, actually. Mm-hmm. There, there are more worlds than you could possibly imagine here in our galaxy, in the Milky Way. Um, there are other galaxies that do have life, but it's mostly we're being visited by our own neighborhood. Okay? okay. 
Um, I have been to other galaxies. They do strike out. They do look for life everywhere. That's sort of the name of the game for them. They're kind of, they love all life, including plants and animals and all of that. They transplant life all the time. We were brought here. They are our progenitors, by the way, just so you know. We are related mm -hmm. to them, absolutely related to them. And uh, they watch over us a little bit, but they're autonomous beings like we are. And we have the right to uh, bring ourselves up and teach ourselves. And we should be doing that. But we have a tendency to want everybody to do everything for us now. We don't think for ourselves anymore. And that's right. bad. That's very bad. And that's part of waking up. That's what they want us to do. They want us to become responsible for ourselves and what we're supposed to learn. You know? Mm -hmm. With advanced technology, um, did they heal or, or keep you healthy? So yeah, you uh, up to a point. I'm living here. I decided to be here, so I've got to work out some karma. I've had some direct healings. Yes, absolutely. They've, they've kept me going. Um, I've uh, had many different physical things happen to me. I was poisoned once. Um, they helped me through that. I have a kidney transplant that kind of helped bolster me up, mm -hmm. um, you know. Just whenever they something help, happens too. They, they help people yeah. in many ways. Jim Sparks is another well-known contactee who is pretty famous for being fully aware and not needing hypnosis. They took him on board and gave him these little containers filled with black goo. It stunk. And they said, this is our gift to you. He's <laughs> like, this is a gift? What is this? And they said, we took this out of your lungs. You need to stop smoking. Yeah. Uh, and they will do this. I've got another case just, well, it's not my case, but I know of another yeah. case exactly like that. Another case where a lady was taken on board. They had healed her of uh, kidney failure. And they took her on board later and showed her her liver, a hologram of it, holograph. And uh, there were little black spots all over it. And they mm. said, do you see that? There's all the spots on your liver? She's like, yeah. They said, you need to stop drinking Diet Coke. It's damaging your liver. They, so they will give, you know, they told one lady, you're getting too fat. <laughs> you need to stop eating all these fatty foods. She was not happy to be called fat by the grays. Uh, but yeah, they will give dietary advice. They have, you know, Dolly was lost once on the road that came swooping down, showed her the way back home during a very intense rainstorm. Uh, I've got a bunch of cases of people who've been saved from car accidents that happened to Dolly. They said, you know, slow down, slow down. There's an ac accident up ahead. Uh, so th this is what I mean by their agenda is not to hurt us. It's not to take over our planet. Mm -hmm. It is not to experiment. They are here to heal, to guide, to teach, and ultimately to, you know, to warn us as well that we're on a dark pathway but ultimately to wake us up. And you will see that the vast majority of contactees exhibit pretty pronounced psychic abilities. And as a general rule, our mediums can do astral travel, have telekinesis. Many of them have physically levitated. I finally asked Dolly, I'm like, I don't suppose you ever experienced physical levitation, you know, spontaneously. Like, she's like, well, actually, yeah. She did yeah. not offer this up because, and I can understand that because mm -hmm. it's a big kind of pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. But, I, but I, I knew to ask that question and I wasn't surprised. And she's like, well, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> so, I yeah. Think an important point. They really want us to wake up to, you know, we call them superhuman, supernatural abilities. They're not. 
their natural. This is the birthright right. of all of us. Right. Absolutely. So have they seen our future? Do they know what's going to happen to us? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, they do not. They, they're outside the timeline all the time. They can see forward and backwards, but they do not uh, go there. There's a couple of reasons why. Uh, it's more important for us to live in the present. In other words, be here where you are right now today. If you're trying to go back or forward, you're not doing what you do need to do right now. And it puts you in danger for a lot of reasons. You can lose your life. You can make terrible mistakes. You just need to be present in your life every day. And you need to practice every day being present. It helps you use your psychic ability. So no, they do, they're do. they not soothsayers at all. They, they have an idea of what's coming for us. Mm -hmm. uh, they know that, but it's mostly their ability in being interdimensional, okay? Um, they see the universe in a different way than we do. They understand it a lot better than we do. And they know it's physical workings better than we do. So yeah, in that way they can predict what's gonna happen, yeah. Um, when you talk about them not being able to land here, when do you think they're going to be able to, you know, that whole disclosure thing that's going on, when do you think they're gonna be able to let themselves known here on earth? Um, they have already been doing that. They come around all the time. Uh, people see them all the time. Uh, they're not letting the government have anything to do with it. They mm -hmm. bring in it straight to the people. Children see them. Preston's written a couple of really good books about exactly how it's happening. They go to movie theaters, drive-ins. Uh, they visit people at their homes or they go in groups. They go to CE5s. Uh, people see them everywhere. It's just that the government is not going to let you bring that disclosure out and make you believable. It, they want the authority, okay? And the only reason they want to keep a hold on that is they really don't want you to know, okay? Because mm -hmm. there's something is coming and they're trying to run their own show and they mm -hmm. have an agenda. That's why. And it's up to humanity itself to say, okay, we're, we're, we don't need to listen to you anymore. We know what we know and you need to work at what you need to work at and then be damned, you know? Along the psychic lines, and I saw a TV show a while back, um, I don't know if it was H.A. I think it was H.A. Aliens, where there was a theory that some of these people like Albert Einstein and, you know, the, the Gene Roddenberry, you know, these great inventors were psychically getting messages from these aliens to, to, to create these, these things. That's very likely, yeah. They broadcast to us all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, the universe broadcasts you. It's not just them. Uh, if, if When you're wide open psychic, you can download straight from the mind of the universe, the all mind. Okay. You need to know something. It will talk to you and tell you the truth. It will tell right. you anything you want to know. So yeah, they're hearing, I call it hearing music. Okay. It's using your ability to know what's going on. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because that was the, that, that was the premise behind it was that these great inventions that have happened have happened because you know they're, they're psychically connected to an alien that, that that's telling them what they're not telling them how to build it they're telling them what it is and it's right. they're teaching you how to learn how to use it one yeah. of the most important things about life and and this is hard now because people just are have moved away from this everything you learn you own and it becomes makes you wise mm -hmm. so if you understand about energy you've learned what energy is and all the concepts of it and how it applies Mm -hmm. and you've employed that knowledge you can learn about medicine and you can learn about all that implies and then employ that knowledge you wear it for the rest of your life it never leaves you anything you do in life has to be learned okay it cannot if you're given it if it's given to you it's a waste because you're not going to keep it it doesn't belong to you 
you have to do it. You have to employ it. So yes, those people are receiving uh, knowledge and then they're employing it. They're testing it out. They do the work it takes to create it, to make it, that kind of thing. And that's what people aren't putting two and two together. It's mm -hmm. uh, sad. It's It needs to be understood that way. You can't just make something out of nothing. If you haven't got it, you don't have it. You have to use your mind, use your abilities, use your intelligence to route it out, figure out, research it, teach yourself so that you can wear that knowledge and employ it. And when I say employ, I mean, I know how to make candles. I employ the knowledge of making a candle. I know how to heal somebody as a nurse. I learned that's hard work, but I learned it. I know how to employ it. That's what I mean. Yeah, ETs are reaching out to a lot of people. You know, you know, you mentioned them inspiring. Nikolai Tesla, he believed that he was in contact with ETs, yeah. and he's probably and considered certainly one of the most influential inventors of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, but my point is, contact is fairly widespread. Uh, I mean, I talked to a guy in England. He's told me, I'm pretty sure every single person on this planet has some level of contact. Absolutely. Yeah, and Dolly said, said, pretty much the same thing. And maybe we don't all remember going on board, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people who've been on board and don't remember it and have no, not a clue. No, no, they don't remember missing time or seeing a UFO. Doesn't mean you have, it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. Jalen and Hynek, uh, very early on in my research, I read a quote from him saying one in 40 people have had contact. And I didn't believe that for a second. I was skeptical because uh, I knew I knew 40 people and I was mm -hmm. pretty sure there was, I didn't know anyone who'd been taken on board. I was wrong. <laughs> I was very wrong and uh, did a survey of the literature. I ended up writing an article for the MUFON journal called uh, One in 40, uh, because, you know, like Bud Hopkins and Jacques Vallée and other major researchers said it's much more common than you think. And it was one year later, I uh, actually got a letter back from the editor of the MUFON Journal congratulating me because the Roper organization who does polling, a very mainstream organization, tackled this issue. How many people are contactees? They found one in 50. Hmm. So yes, this they are reaching out to an enormous number of people. That is huge. Now the other question I have, and I don't know if it was talking with you, Preston, or another uh, abductee that I talked to, uh, when they were taken aboard, that they saw others and, and people that they recognized, just humans yeah. that they recognized. And then when yeah. they were back on Earth, some of these people remembered that they had been in contact on the ship. Yeah, it can happen. Um, I have I go out regularly when when we were going out, mm -hmm. and uh, I had an area that I was responsible for, and so many people are in this area, and depending on the schedule of what was going on. Uh, I would have people coming on that knew each other and would recognize each other on board. And it was like, oh, hey, you know. And uh, and then they would somehow remember when they got back. And I find that very interesting. I, that gives me hope, by the way, just so you know. And I think mm -hmm. it's really, really cool. And I wish more people would just say, hey, you know, I recognize you. Do you recognize me? And you'd be amazed what you come up with, you know. Be shocked. An area that you're responsible for, what, what does that mean? Um, I fly uh, contacted. I don't say abducted, by the way. I hate that word. It's not mm -hmm. true. They're not abducted. You're you're agreeing to this. Trust me. If you really don't want to be contacted, they won't touch you. Okay. 
but everybody agrees. They're asked, come with us, yes, and we'll, you know, blah, 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 and you go. Um, I have, I, I, was, I was working with probably, I don't know, 20,000 people. That was the amount of people that I had on my schedule for the amount of time that I was working in an area. And it's a geographical area. Mine was in the U.S. Um, and every, every night we would go and pick up about five at a time and bring them out of time. They'd work with them, check them out, make sure they're, they're doing okay, that they're not getting radiation sick. Uh, helping them with all of that. And then we would put them back and then we keep going and going and going. It's like, I, I laugh about Santa Claus, okay? Because Santa Claus travels all around the world in one night, giving mm -hmm. toys to all the little girls and boys. And I find that hysterical because it's kind of like what EG is doing. Only they're not handing you toys, they're handing you your life, okay? They're helping you. And when you can go out of time stream, that is possible. We're working our butts off. And mm -hmm. uh, yep. Yeah. Um, again, we'll go back to why, I mean, are they trying to keep us, you know, like you say, are they trying to do something with our, with our genes to keep us healthy? Yeah. They're trying to help us stop losing uh, our genes from derazzing. You know, okay. the two astronauts that were brothers, they were identical twins. Right, right, right. You remember one went to space and they kept one on the ground for right. a year. When they came back, they were shocked because they found out that it is true that gamma radiation makes your DNA fall apart. It's not a joke. It's real. And the moral of that story is, is that's happening to everybody on this planet as well, because okay. our magnetosphere is not protecting us from it anymore. Right, right, okay. Right. okay. It's a right. giant job for them to keep us going until they come back and they are going to. We're about to go through some stuff. You know, the earth is not a happy camper. Our solar system is not a happy camper. The sun is not a happy camper and there's going to be issues. Okay. Once we're past those issues, they will show up in mass all over the planet. There will be no more waiting. They'll open the doors and get everybody on board and get everybody off this rock because the ultimate thing that's coming, nobody needs to be here for it. They're getting ready to take us off and they want us to wake up. So is that why they, 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 they've got people like you? And I know yes. I met a woman in Australia who I interviewed who said she was also like an emissary. Yep, yep. There's place. different jobs. Yep, uh-huh. There's a lot of us. Everybody's got a job. That's right. Fascinating. That, that includes you, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah you're spreading the word. That's right. You're part of it. You're absolutely part of it. Absolutely. There's some gray standard over here that I don't see, man. He's making me ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is just so interesting to me to hear a story like yours because it's so clear. I, you know, I've, and I, I've interviewed Preston in the past, and his story is really fascinating too. But to you know what's your... amazing about Preston? It's Preston is example A of what it means to work hard to learn something. Okay, right. he assimilates everything he learns. And he's, I mean, from the minute he knew something was going on until this very second right now, he has done nothing but work hard toward a goal for that. Okay, and he, and it's obvious in in the knowledge that he's accumulated and the mm -hmm. wisdom that he's got and the just the all around. I mean, he's an all all around go-to guy, people are starting to really realize that he knows what he's talking about. And he does, you know? He does though, he does though. Yes. But yeah. you remind me of me. I mean, I'm a journalist, right? So if I got taken, I wouldn't be taking physical notes. It's all up here. So I would, <laughs> and I would come back and probably be able to tell a story too because I, I keep it yeah. all up here. 
And that's what you remind me of. You remind me of a journalist that got taken and and into that upstairs filing cabinet. It's just, you're right, Preston. It's just so, there's just so much clarity here. Yeah, yeah. which I see a a lot with contactees. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Dolly's memory goes way back to before, you know, well, science says people remember only up to age four, they said initially, and now they're bringing it down to age two. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to bring it down at some point because I I just looked this up recently because people were arguing on Facebook about this. And I can tell you, I've talked to many contactees who says, no, I remember all the way, you know, eight months, six months, 10 months, a year. And for that matter, before that, pre-life, yeah, I actually, past I, lives. <laughs> yeah, I remember past lives and stuff like that. I have very clear memories. Yeah. I used to talk about them when I was a kid. You know, I would tell the story of <laughs> many stories about what happened to me. Yeah. So do you think, I mean, the, 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 let's go and open that Pandora's box now. Because you say, you know, your family has, you're, you and your dad, you know, it, it's a generational abduction. Do yeah. you think that even in your past lives, this was happening? A few, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been a very aware. I mean, we all are. You don't realize it right now, but your awareness, your consciousness, who you really are, knows the whole story of everything. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh. And uh, you're as more wise than you know here. You just cut off from using it right now. Okay. That's a travesty in my mind, by the way. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it, don't think of it as uh, I'm special. I'm not. We right. all of us are right. able to do this. And you all have that. It's in there. Your consciousness is loaded with stuff for you. Okay. And want to see you use it. What about religion? Um, when you can't, when you can't hear the universe talking to you, when you Mm -hmm. can't see what's really going on, Mm -hmm. human beings, the physical mind constructs, uh, a, uh, uh, an understandable story to accept what is, okay. What it thinks it is. We're full of theories, but we're not full of absolute proof truth. Okay. And so, yeah, religion is a construct of that because we've been cut off from ourselves. Um, he knows uh, that um, there is an all mind, there is a consciousness above our own that we're mm-hmm. part of, we're in it. Um, they know that it is uh, as alive as we are. It's, uh, but it's not God. It's not a great big guy with a big stick ready to go on you if you do something wrong. Okay. That's a construct from here. That's everybody's mythology to keep everybody in line. Funny thing about morality, when you're conscious, truly conscious, and you're awake and, and, and aware of everything, your morality quotient goes way up. You stop acting the fool. You start seeing things as they really are, and you, you become uh, responsible. You become mature. You become very wise, okay? So we're a bunch of people down here trying to tell each other to be cool and be wise and be responsible, and we're not doing a very good job because we're not conscious for it, mm-hmm. okay? Okay. Yeah, this, this has always been a big question among people. You know, like, do the ETs have religion? You know, do they have government? Do they have money? They don't have money. There's no federalized government. They work in cooperation. They're all about truth and knowledge and togetherness. Remember, these are very highly evolved beings who are extremely telepathic to the point where they all know what each other is thinking. Right. 
uh, and they're all about exploring and learning. And uh, Dolly, go, we go into this in the book, you know, what is there a concept of God, which is more about what we would consider the all mind. Or, you know, the Native Americans call it the spirit which moves through all things. Yes. I yeah. like that. And I think that's yes. a, a really accurate portrayal of what, you know, the, the God really is. Because we all have our own concept of it. Uh, but this definitely comes up uh, in a lot of contactee accounts. And mm -hmm. in the book, you know, Dolly is on board when people are being taken on board and physically examined and checked up and mm -hmm. counseled. And this is a question they often ask the ETs, uh, according to Dolly. And Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they, they want to know. It depends on who's on board and what's going on and how willing they are to open up about what they're thinking and how they're feeling about everything. But a lot of them outright ask them, are you angels? Are you what an angel is? Mm -hmm. And they, they just very gently let them know that, no, we're the same. You are us, we are you, we are one, but there is an all mind. They will be told at that point the truth. There's an all mind, there's a spirit, a great, we're all part of that spirit, we're in it. We, that's what they, I mean by source. We're all mm -hmm. in that together, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, there is no, nothing, in, one of the reasons, do you ever wonder why you're here? What's the purpose of coming here? Yes. All right. Well, when you're, when, when you're outside of this dimension, there, there are 12 dimensions in the universe, okay? And outside of that is source. And in source, we know everything. But it's like us having kids that are spoiled rotten. They don't know how to do anything because they may know everything, but what are they going to do with it? They don't know how to use it. Okay, we come here, we all come here. We become physical to learn, to employ what we learn, to become wise. We ascend in our knowledge, in our, our consciousness. We're, we're reaching for the all mind. We wanna go talk to him, we wanna have a conversation. And to do that, you must learn. And this is why we're here. That's why you're here, literally. Fantastic. You guys, this hour blew right by. This is so fascinating to me. I'm so glad you came <laughs> on, and I want to thank both of you for coming. You're welcome. I really appreciate it. Preston, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you. I always enjoy doing your show. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you both. How can people reach you guys and find you guys? Uh, I do have a website, PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. I also have a YouTube channel. I'm all over social media. Uh, always happy to hear from people. You can contact me through my website. I know Dolly has a YouTube channel as well. She's putting out some of her photographic evidence, and there's a lot of it. Her story is not resting on just, you know, her words. Uh, there's physical evidence, photographic evidence, corroborating witnesses, and more. But, yeah, books are available on Amazon, and I uh, really appreciate you having us both on the show. I really appreciate you coming back on, Preston. And Dolly, it's just, I'd, I'd love to get you back on, get you guys back on again to talk more about this. Thank you. I want to give you a tool before I go. Okay. I don't know if you've heard it or not. Uh, if you haven't, it's called ESP Trainer. Russell Targus responsible for developing it. It's on in the Play Store. It's for Apple or uh, Android and also your PC, iOS. Okay. Uh, okay. Download it. Use it. It's a very good psychic trainer. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you okay. so much. You're welcome. I appreciate it. And again, thank you both so much.
I really, really, the- I, I love it. And I, I'd love to get you back on, man. This is definitely it's a date, okay? And thank you so much for having us, okay? I really right. appreciate it. Thank Have you. Have a good evening, you guys. You love too. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Preston. See you guys. Wow. That was incredible. And I learned so much from her. And, and that's what you want from a guest. I mean, that's just her story is, is wonderful. Now, tomorrow, it's going to be along the same line. Stephen Bassett's going to be with us tomorrow. We're going to be talking UFO disclosure with the government tomorrow. So we're going to be, you know, discussing that. Hey, if you're watching from YouTube, do me a favor. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. We're always looking for subscribers. If you're watching from Facebook, please uh, hit that follow button, just like Twitch. If you hit that follow button, I'd really appreciate it. And, you know, uh, if you and, and remember, tomorrow night, Nancy Matz and I are doing a special event along the lines of what we just discussed with these guys. Do you think you're psychic? Do you think you might have psychic abilities? Well, tomorrow night, for five, for five people that sign up, Nancy's going to ex- sit down with you and explore that to see if you have abilities. So I think it's, I think it's pretty beneficial, especially after hearing well, you know, what we heard tonight on the air. Okay? And the way to do that is I'm going to go ahead in about an hour, and I'm going to put up a link on the uh, California Haunts Radio website if you need to sign up that way. Otherwise, again, we're looking for, for more members of our meetup site. So go to, so go to meetup and, di- and type in California Haunts Meetup and it, it'll take you over to, the, over to the link to sign up for that clot, you know, just to sign up for that event tomorrow night. It's going to be right after the show here, so it will be around 7.30, 7.35 that we get started. And we're going to do it here on StreamYard, so you guys are going to get to come in like the guests. But it's going to be private. It's not going to be a public thing. It'll be private. It'll be between you you and I and Nancy. And I'm going to record it. So, you know, you know, if you guys want, want a copy of, of, of what transpired, you, you can get that. Okay? So it's really cool. But Nancy's going to sit. You know, we might be there probably an hour, hour and a half. Nancy's going to sit, you know, with, with, each, with, with each one of you, each one of the five, and explore their psychic abilities. Okay, and you know this will help you see if you have any deceased relatives with you, if you have any, um, you know, or if you want to learn how to contact your deceased relatives. This is the way. This is the way to learn it. Okay, so uh, it's well worth the time to take out. So that will be tomorrow at 7:30 p.m. Pacific. Okay, and like I said, go to Facebook. You can check out California Haunts on Facebook. The links over there to get over to the meetup to sign up. Uh, California Haunts Ghostly Events links over there to sign up. So uh, come on over because it's gonna, you know, there's, there's only five slots. But I think after tonight, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to find out because who knows? Maybe we are in contact with aliens all the time, mentally, right? Okay. Anyway, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Um, if, like I said, if you haven't already, please subscribe to YouTube. Uh, you know, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitch, and uh, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com is the website. And if you want to check out the Paranormal Group, California Haunts Radio, California Haunts, too many California Haunts, CaliforniaHaunts.org, right? And the other thing is, if you see that ticker fly, flying along the bottom, this is this is my pathetic moment where, you know, um, California Haunts and California Haunts Radio operates kind of like a nonprofit where I own it outright, and I pay for everything. I pay for the internet, I pay for, you know, I pay for the computers, I pay for all the paranormal equipment and all that stuff. 
And, you know, I, I have bills like everybody else. This is what I do. I'm, I'm a retired journalist. This is what I do. And I could use some help. You know, I, I want to keep this show on the air. It's been on the air uh, more than two years now. And um, I, I could use a little help. So if you could find it in your heart to do that, that would be great. Uh, PayPal.me at California Haunts. Or if you don't like PayPal, Venmo at California Haunts. Okay? Or, or Venmo and then type California Haunts. That's how you get in there. But I really appreciate it. I mean, you know, it's like anybody else. I've got bills to pay. And like right now, I'm paying the internet bill and I'm paying all those bills. So I could, you know, it, it, it'd be kind of nice because I want to keep guests like this coming on. And, and I enjoy doing it. I know you guys, you, and I know you guys appreciate the guests that are on here as well. All right. Well, that being said, I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And I'll also hopefully see some of you at 7, after 7.30 tomorrow at, at Nancy's special event. But again, that's going to be at the California Haunts Meetup. So uh, there's several links for that. And like I said, wait about an hour. If you don't if you don't want to sign up for Meetup, wait about an hour, and I'll have it up on the uh, radio website under under special events that you can click on and, 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 and get in from there. Anyway, thank you guys so much for coming. And again, I'll see you tomorrow. And I have some basic information on Preston and Iron Dolly. So here we go. So Preston's website is PrestonDennett.com. Dot .weebly.com And the book is Symmetry, a True UFO Adventure. And that can be uh, purchased at Amazon.com. And of course, Dolly spoke of her YouTube site, so you know, go ahead and Google, you know, for that YouTube site. And all that good stuff. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming again. And I will see you tomorrow. Have a good evening.